0: Cracking Copy is a marketing and copywriting
1: podcast where we lift the lid on writing for business and read between the lines of effective copy. This is a podcast for creative entrepreneurs and savvy business owners like you who understand the value that great copy can bring to their bottom line. We dive into a different aspect of writing for business in each episode, debunk the myths about how we should write and explore the ways that writing can be fun, conversational and creative, while also being high impact for serious results. So listen, laugh and learn with us, Ella Hoyos and Minnie McBride, as we share our words and wisdom in each snack-sized episode. Expect some light bulb moments, interesting guests and practical takeaways as we crack the copy code together. So, hello and welcome to Cracking Copy. I'm Ella Hoyos, and today I am with the wonderful Doctor Nicole Jans, who is a writing coach, and in fact, she is one of my writing coaches. Um, and I was really keen to introduce her to the podcast because I know there are many writers out there who, or would-be writers who could do with the accountability and support and a little bit of help just to get them started. and Essentially that's that's what Nicole provides. Um so welcome, Nicole. Welcome. Thanks for having me. It's lovely to have you here. Um couldn't you tell me a little bit about your services, what you do, and who are they for?
0: Yeah, so um I'm a writer's co an author, an entrepreneur, an academic, a po- podcaster, um copywriter, anyone. And if you struggle with getting your articles or your book or any kind of writing to the finish line then I'm here to create space, to create structure and accountability to get it done. Yeah,
1: and I discovered your services, I think it was back in late 2021 or 2022, and I found you through Medium. So Medium is a social blog, and I know you're quite active on there, and you put various articles out, Um, but what caught my attention was – a planner you had a system in place to help writers and i've tried many programs before um and this seemed different somehow um this was a more gentle approach it was the goal orientated yes which many writing coaches are you know what's your goal how are you going to get there how many words do you want to write but also you took a step back from that um in the planner and we'll, we'll come on to the planner later but that was the really the entry point for me And then the other thing was checking you out. then I started stalking you a little bit because the planner was super useful. And that really helped me clarify my goal, my writing goals for the year ahead. But also I check you out on social media and I heard you speak. And actually there is something in your presence, which is gentle (laughs) and kind. And many coaches that I've sort of, or courses that I've been on and programs that I've been on before are much more, um, driven and ambitious and and sort of the bossy coach, you know, you're going to get this done today. And and the fact is, if you don't do that, you feel like a failure, but with you, it's a more open um, coaching style. And that feels, that feels a lot nicer and friendlier to me. And I think as writers, we need to give ourselves some compassion and kindness to get projects over the line sometimes. And that hard approach of you know you've just got to do the work and get it done and publish it Um, it doesn't work for everybody
0: yeah and if it was so easy then everyone would do it if you just follow you know the productivity books or just you know the harsh thing of you need to force yourself discipline if if it was just that probably a lot of people would write a lot more but there are all these other layers the psychology the blocks the inner sort of resistance that there is no space for that if you're trying to force it and then you're going to start procrastinating. And so this is why I feel the so-called hard way is not working for a lot of writers. So thank you for saying that and for reflecting that back to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that really, that really comes across in in your approach. And I think that's what really warmed me to, to you. And that's why I'm part of the um, Never Alone community. We'll touch on that. But let's just go back a step. I'd like to know, you know, when when did you become a writing coach and why did you?
0: Yeah, so I mean, I've always been a writer and working with writers and it sort of came around through it came through the back door. I was a journalist for 10 years. I was an academic lecturer for another 10 years. So I know what it feels like to write and flow. I know what it feels like when you're completely blocked. Um but the moment when everything changed for me was was when I was running online writing retreats during the COVID lockdowns because I was really lonely and I knew that a lot of other writers were lonely and we would really just meet, set some goals, hold the space together, write for an hour and log out. And I noticed that actually during the break times of those writing sessions, people would sort of come to me and say, oh, I've been really blocked with this or I haven't touched this for a month. And they would really open up to me. And I was really just, I felt I wasn't doing anything. I was just sitting there and sort of listening and maybe asking a few questions. But I noticed somehow people were unblocking in my presence, not really knowing what I was doing because I wasn't a trained coach or anything. But I sort of, I realized this seems to be my zone of genius, like the sweet spot. Um, And it really took off. I started saying, well, how about we start a coaching relationship and see how that goes? And, you know, I quit my academic job. I'm a business owner now, and this is what I do full time. Yeah, but I will say I stumbled into it. I wasn't aware that this is a thing and that this is a thing that works really well for me and other people that work with me. Yeah, absolutely. And
1: and who do you help? Because there are many different genres of, of writers. You've got fiction writers, nonfiction writers. Um, academic journalists which is the background you came from but then there's there's people like me copywriters and content marketers novelists you know
0: who is your coaching geared at and or who do you tend to attract you know what I think the genre doesn't matter and I've tried to make a list before this podcast of this is exactly the person I help with and I can't really define it by genre because it really only matters that the person has a story to tell expertise to share they know they have something to say but they just struggle to get it out Mm -hmm. and that could be really anyone right so I do work with coaches and business leaders and academics and I work with you you are you know a copywriter and I work with ghostwriters. and these tend to be highly intelligent many in leadership roles or roles where they are helping others and they are making an impact in the world already but sort of on a smaller scale. And they they feel that little spark that they want to bring it out more and reach a bigger audience and make a bigger impact. And that's where I come in and give them guidance and structure to to get that out, to bring the story out.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, perhaps the genre actually isn't important, like you say. But are there any um, sort of common challenges and threads that that bring people to the to the party if you like
0: yeah i mean the immediate um in your face reasons are usually procrastination i can't find the time to write i don't know how to tell my story um i don't i have too many goals my schedule is too busy Uh, but then underneath this is what people come to me like they have this pain of i'm not writing but i really want to write And then we go deeper. And the real reasons why people are usually with me is, you know, you might feel the writing isn't good enough, or you're feeling overwhelmed, or you're feeling too perfectionist, or you're just lacking the confidence to have your voice heard and to speak out. Um, And those are the deeper layers that obviously, you know, it takes a little while to get them out. But this is; these are the patterns that I've noticed.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that, and I would agree that that sometimes it's it's um, you just don't know why you're not doing the work that you really want to do, either in your profession or your personal life. But but it's those blocks that I think you really help people to unearth and to know that it's normal as well that it's normal to have these um, feelings and tendencies and uh, blockers. Um, and that they can be overcome as well.
0: Yeah and I slip into them all the time myself right so I'm not just a writer's coach I'm also a writer I have all my own projects and I slip into procrastination I slip into perfectionism heavily and I know that pain right and I know how hard it can be to pull yourself out but I also know that once you have a few tools you can absolutely get out you just you know You need to know how to do it and what works for yourself. And everyone is obviously a little different.
1: You know, what is your ultimate goal? I guess what is your ultimate goal in um, if you could wave a magic wand and solve one problem for your ideal student or your writing community? What would that
0: be? Mm, uh, That's a really good question. I think what I would do is help all those writers out there who are frustrated to trust themselves. Yeah, just trust yourself, trust that your story matters, trust that you are worthy to be seen, trust that there are people who need to hear your story and trust that you can create the space to do the writing and the time. And the reason why I'm, I've i sort of started with trust, A, this is what I need to hear. So I'm, this is just directly coming from inside of me. Um, But also it is just so much easier to write when you come from a place of trust, maybe not a hundred percent, but maybe if you just have a small feeling that maybe, maybe I can get there, maybe what I'm thinking is worthy um, and is, you know, then you can write from a different place. These deeper layers make it possible. You will make the time. You will overcome your block You will get started. You will be excited. So, But, yeah,
1: trust. Yeah, that's a good place to start. And we hear the um, term, you know, trust in the process. And we don't always lean into that. What I've noticed working with you and having um, the right planner um, is that you have some really solid systems and processes in place. So you can, if you know the process, you can trust in the process and and work through it that way. Um, could you talk a little bit to that, some of your the systems and processes that you use and that you recommend?
0: Absolutely. So I there are usually three components, and then it depends on each writer what exactly out of that is picked and becomes the main theme. But the first part is having a vision a future self vision for your book, your story, but also your career and actually your life, what writing means to your life and publishing maybe that book. Because that big vision, the future self vision can give you so much clarity about where you want to go. It can give you motivation and purpose and meaning. And when you bring all of that emotionally into the writing, it is so, so much easier to then pick a goal, break it down Usually the starting point, if you lean your ladder against the wrong wall, you can, you know, sit on that hamster wheel, but you're never going to be fully satisfied. Mm -hmm. Um, The second part is really finding systems to follow through every single day. Or if you have a rest day, then, you know, you skip that day and you trust that that's okay. Um, So no matter if you write a big book or an article or podcast scripts or marketing copy, It is really important to know your priorities. So I always set three goals for the day or three goals for the week, three for the month. It's the magic number for me. I can't bring myself to do only one thing, but I also don't want a 20-point to-do list. So three is the magic number. Mm -hmm. And that is an easy starting point to prioritize, to not get overwhelmed. And then you can bring a lot of other systems in. What is a ritual that gets you into flow? What is, um, you know, the best environment for you at your desk? So all these things um, can be put into a system that works for you. Everyone is slightly different. Mm. So that's part two. And part three is um, very simple. If possible at all, don't do it alone. Find yourself cheerleaders, a nurturing environment, someone who already sees you as your future self and believes that you can do it. It might be a partner, a writer, friend a group of people, or sometimes, you know, a coach, because a lot of what I do as a coach is really doing that. I'm believing in all my clients. I would never take on a client who I know they can never get there. It would not be honest. And I have turned clients away, but all the clients with me, they have me a hundred percent on the journey and they know they can get it done. And that is sort of also a hidden part of the right habit planner, because it comes with a course And it comes with a community so that you never have to be on your own. You feel seen and heard during the writing process. And that's part three that is really important. Yeah,
1: those are all really good points. The future self and knowing your direction of travel and having that that big vision and being brave with that vision um, for yourself as well. Because if you work at it and if you do step two and three and follow through, so get a good discipline. You're talking about a daily Writing habit or daily discipline?
0: If you are a full time writer, I would set myself, you know, three writing goals. And, you know, that can be very flexible. It might be that you're working on chapter one and you want to get three paragraphs done. I'm also a business owner and a mother, and I have, you know, I wear quite a lot of hats. Mm-hmm. And so my three goals tend to be something privately, something for the business and something for my writing and this is how i spread it out and so my writing goals i still break them down into tiny steps but for me it works really well to have because you never only have one area in your life you don't just have writing most most of my clients have a very busy life so you can be quite flexible with the big three method of choosing your priorities yeah yeah but the important thing is to
1: work at it consistently and work out something writing related daily and then the final thing um, that you mentioned about the accountability and not being alone I think that is again is really important it's been important for me I've heard it described as sort of finding your tribe or your partners in believing people who who have your back Uh, perhaps they work in the same situation I mean I me and my podcast host Minnie Uh, We support each other on the podcast, for example, and that works really well for us. And then I have different community groups for different things. But as um, a freelancer who works from home, you can end up rattling around in your head an awful lot. And a lot of writers as well, professional writers, it is a kind of it can be an isolating pursuit. And I think it's really good to have that feedback from people who understand who get you Um, and so I do really like working in in collaborations and also working in accountability groups now it's kind of vital to my own well-being um, at work as well if you're not going into an office and many of us now aren't don't have the same sort of office water cooler moments that perhaps we used to have pre-pandemic so the things have shifted Um, Another thing, when I heard you talk about, you know, the three things, it reminds me of the hats you describe, the writing hats um, that that people wear. And this really helped me to feel like less of a failure as a writer, knowing that you don't have to get the whole thing done in one sitting. And often we beat ourselves up thinking, well, I've got to get this piece of work researched, written and published um, today by the deadline um, or whenever the deadline is. Talk to me about the three hats um, from a writing perspective. What are they and, um, and how can that help us break big tasks down?
0: Yeah, imagine that, you know, you sit down at your desk. There's an array of nice, funny hats, baseball cap, whatever. Um, and you pick one and you put it on your head. And in that moment, you transform into the role of, let's say, the editor. Yeah, you are going through a piece of text that you've written, and all you have to do now is restructure, proofread, and edit it. Or at another time, you put on the hat of the researcher or the planner. So then you wear the yellow hat, let's say, and all you have to do for the next 20 minutes, you are planning out your outline, you are reading an article, you are researching something, so you are setting the stage. And then the hat that most people want to wear all the time, the golden hat, yeah, the crown, let's say, the tiara, whatever, (laughs) um, is the writing hat where you are sitting down and you're creating new copy. You're writing a new draft. And oftentimes, we don't distinguish between those hats. So you would sit at the desk, you tell yourself, I must write that article, and then all the hats are on your head. It's uncomfortable because the editor is whispering in your ear, it's not good, but you haven't read enough for it. How dare you write? And then the writer is sitting there thinking, but I'm supposed to write. And it's cluttering your brain, making you, you know, I I find that very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But if you distinguish when you sit down at the desk and that's what I ask, you know, whenever I work with writers, what are you doing in the next 20 minutes? Or my planner does the same. Are you writing, editing or planning? that helps you just focus in on what the task is and honor that writing isn't just writing itself but writing also means planning and editing and all the other related tasks
1: yeah
0: um i yeah it's it's working really well for me and It was a revelation when I first, I sort of invented that, Um, but it's, you know, not rocket science. Everyone knows that you need to be clear and intentional about your task.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's really helps me as well in feeling like I can succeed at one thing. I might not succeed at all of those three things in one sitting and that's okay. So there's, there's many times where I sit down to approach a topic or a task and think right I've now I've got to write this thing because I've got the idea I know what it is I want to write or I've got the brief I know what it is I want to write and completely omit the fact that there is a piece of research and planning that needs to take place before you know in outlining the subject sometimes if it's a factual article or journalistic piece I've got to research I might have to interview some people um you can't necessarily just sit down and you know words fall onto the page it doesn't work like that sometimes you have to do the planning piece first and to know that to separate those three things out is really helpful to me and similarly with the editing obviously you can't edit a blank page but there is a thing that many writers that sort of, I'm talking about myself here <laughs> do is where I try and self-edit as I'm writing um and that just really slows me down um it's much better to sort of free write, get that messy draft out first. And then in a separate sitting, get the red pen out and get your editor's hat on and just look at that from with a with a a more dis, with some more distance between it. Um, but it's just a much more of a systematic way to work, isn't it? It's taken. Yeah, taking those micro steps rather than trying to multitask and do the whole thing in one go. I want to talk a little bit to some of the, well, really the difference between your program and some of the other programs out there. I've tried Ship 30 for 30. Uh, you write and publish an article every day, a small essay every day for 30 days. Uh, that's a really popular one. Uh, there are other writing months, which are like sprints and things. Nano-Rymo, I think is the one. And uh, Acrymo, I've not tried these ones either, but they're writing sprints. Um there's some real positive things about these productive challenges but I also think there's some fallout there's some negative fallout as a result of pushing yourself down those roads can you speak to any of that and how your approach is different
0: Yeah I mean I know those challenges I think they are fantastic if you need a push um if you're just before deadline or if you just want to feel productive for a month you know often it's a 30 day um challenge and so I, I love those. I've done those. But I do know that there's a lot of, um, there are a lot of things, systems, processes, and sort of just taking care of your mindset that cannot happen in that space because constantly pushing. And again, a deadline can give you a great rush, but it doesn't always work for everyone um, after that challenge is done. And some people even do, during a challenge like NaNoWriMo to write a novel in one month, for example, they start sort of losing that novelty effect, like the energy boost that comes in the first, you know, 10 days. And then they start seeing the other people posting on social media or in their forum, how productive they still are, because maybe their life looks different. Maybe they don't have caring obligations or a day job, Um And then you start beating yourself up and you start thinking why isn't this working right or right or if even if you've been productive during a challenge but the day after you fall into a hole and suddenly you feel lonely because you didn't set up a bigger system you just work within that sprint and what then can happen it doesn't have to yeah but Mm -hmm. you think you're doing it wrong you think you know others are better and it can bring you into procrastination and block If you don't have anything, any sort of safety net. And this is what I always tell my clients. I, you know, I advise go on these challenges. It is really lovely, but make sure that while you're doing it to be mindful, you are running your own race. Yeah. Don't, don't compare to yourself, to the other writers on the challenge, compare yourself to yourself, your younger, you who, you know, three months before who didn't write at all. And now you've started to write and that is something to keep in mind everyone is running their own race at their own pace because your writing system your habits and the way you run your show it has to be tailored to you we can't always compare ourselves to (laughs) to stephen king a lot of my clients refer to stephen Kling and say well stephen king does this and does that and this is how he writes every day and i say yes but who are you and then we talk about them and their life and that is um much more fruitful yeah I agree that they could be
1: helpful, um, but also they can set you up for a bit of a fall and a little bit of, sort of burnout at the end of something like that it can be a bit exhausting. And that can be a setback, can't it, in your writing? So I think slow and steady for me wins the race. A weekly accountability. I do a power hour with, um, with you and the uh, Never Alone community on a Tuesday. Um, there's two power hours, one a morning session and an afternoon session. And it's a focus hour where we just knuckle down, we state our objectives and our intentions, and then we have a little review at the end of it. Um, I find that really helpful and a lot more sustainable um, than, than trying to cram in a month. With all the other obligations that I have as a mom and a business owner, it works better for me. Let me ask you about the Right Habit planner. I think the publication has been out. It's in a new format this year. It's an ideal Christmas gift for a writer. I know who I'm buying a copy for. (laughs) I hope (laughs) Minnie's not listening to this podcast, but it's a wonderful resource. Tell me about the book and how that came about and where people can find it
0: yeah so the right habit planner is uh, an undated calendar and workbook for writers that gives you monthly and weekly prompts to set better goals to optimize your writing flow create your system and just start writing and it it came directly out of my coaching there's a lot of psychology behind it and you know i've done all the research but essentially it came out of the coaching because i noticed Sometimes I spend a lot of time talking with writers about their blocks, their issues, the deeper psychological barriers, but the magic moment is when I say, you know what, let's pause for a moment, take pen and paper, grab any piece of paper that you can find. I'm going to ask you three questions and you're going to jot down the answer. We've got five minutes, go. And suddenly the writer sees themselves Writing And there's nothing more motivating and eye-opening and mindset shifting than seeing yourself do that thing that you were afraid of and that you thought you're blocked with. And so that is how The Planner came about. I initially started writing it as a self-help book, you know, chapter after chapter, how you're supposed to build your system. And then I realized I'm just going to overwhelm those people that are supposed to build the perfect system I stripped it back and turned it into a workbook with questions and answers, where people just all you have to do in the morning, open the planner, make your plan for the day or the whole week, and then you just start. And that is what I think is helping writers so much faster and it's making it so much easier to just, just write.
1: Mm. it's like um journal prompts for writers isn't it and like you say it's um a lot of what you talk about um is getting into that flow state and that for me i know i'm never going to pronounce the author's name michael somebody who wrote the book flow but i remember reading it and thinking yes this is the holy grail to get into a beautiful flow state where things just time disappears and and where writing comes easily and naturally and I think having this the right planner and the the writing prompts to get you started it just gets you over that oh look like you said I'm writing so I'm already doing it and then you have a plan as you have you've set your intentions and your plan you've thought about your future self and uh, what's one step that you can take towards that person it just gets you on that path gets you started um, where can people get a copy of the right planner
0: So you just go to Amazon in your country and look for The Right Habit Planner by Mm -hmm. Nicole Jens, or you go to my website, therighthabitplanner.com, which will guide you to the right Amazon page. And don't forget, when you buy The Planner, you do get community and you do get an online course that comes with it. And I'm saying that because sometimes people feel, but how is a planner going to help me? And what I want to sort of bring across is that it is actually you will get human connection with it because there will be other people who are using it um, and who meet and, you know, plan together. And there will be an online course where I'm basically taking you, even if you open the planner and you feel like, oh, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. You just click on the video and you follow along as if we're sitting in a coaching session. And I think that is what came out in the Amazon reviews and in the endorsements. That is the thing that really makes people actually use the planner because there are a million amazing planners and journals. You put them on your shelf yeah. <laughs> and you never use it. But yeah. that one comes with a whole
1: ecosystem around it. So that is really helpful. That will bring it, that brings it to life and makes it a lot easier to, to get started. And also there is that thing about having a beautiful brand new book or journal or whatever where you're almost scared to get started. Or you have to use your best handwriting at least. <laughs> to get started but if you have the um, the accountability and support that would really help so you're celebrating becoming a published author which is fabulous but what's next for you Nicole you know how do you see your future self evolving from here
0: my future self has gotten more books out into the world and importantly without burning out i've had burnout so i know what it feels when you are grinding my future self has published more books without burning out. My future self has much more mind space and actual time in the calendar for creativity, even more. And I think my future self has peace of mind that what I do matters because there's always that nagging feeling, you know. Should I really be, you know, having this voice out there and telling people how to do things? But my future self doesn't bother so much. She knows that what she's saying matters her voice is allowed to be heard and she is transforming lives by helping other people do exactly the same and get their writing finished.
1: Yeah, I love that. Why not take up some more space? Why don't we and create more white space in our calendars? And the easier we can make uh, writing for ourselves and the process, then um the faster it, the quicker it will come, the more efficient we'll be and the more space we get for our to live our lives. Okay, Nicole, thank you so much for being on the show today. And I look forward to seeing you in the next power hour.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
1: You have been listening to the Cracking Copy podcast with Ella Hoyos and Minnie McBride. Don't miss out on future episodes by making sure you hit subscribe down below to keep up with all our podcasts. And more details and resources are in our show notes. So we'll see you next time.